Welcome to Peace for Everybody, a podcast with Franca and friends, where we co-create a culture of peace that begins in our bodies. Thanks for tuning in again or for the first time to the podcast Peace for Everybody, where we co-create a culture of peace that begins in our bodies. This podcast highlights an uplifting, thought-provoking yet heartwarming ways how we can be, build and hold peace from the individual to the collective. It's about personal experiences, tangible practices and important questions. I'm inviting contradiction, paradox and complexity, as well as our ability to be with and transcend patterns that are not working. Together we are creating new pathways in our nervous systems, our daily lives and in our collective body around the globe. In this episode I have a very special guest. My friend Lais Skort, who created the intro music for this podcast. Listen until the end of our conversation to hear about her creative process of putting my vision of peace for everybody into sound. We talk about the superpower of sound and of our own voice that all of our bodies carry and how we can reclaim and cultivate it when it has gotten a little bit lost. We go into the role of the throat chakra and self-healing and explore practical exercises that you can do to begin loving your own sound and clear out shame from your system. And we envision collective sound fields of harmony where we bring ourselves and the world into the rhythms of peace, both pragmatically and etherically. Lyscard is a Brazilian frequency holder, sound priestess and visibility coach for divine creators to see their true power and delight in it. She guides soul-led women to bring their inner light to shine outside through mentorship, sisterhood and music. Lais uses channeling, astrology, sound and radiance rituals in this realm and in the imaginal to activate the parts of you that have been hidden. Here is our conversation. Join our little sound bubble for peace and hum along. Hi Lais, welcome on the podcast Peace for Everybody today. I'm so happy you're here with me. Thank you, Franca. So happy to be here with you and thank you for inviting me. You're very welcome. <laughs> um, so we uh, decided that we want to start with sound just right away and... Um, When we started talking just before this recording, you suggested uh, in order to ground and settle um, that we do some humming. So maybe we just invite everyone who's listening to hum along with us and um, let you ladies introduce us to this practice. Yeah, humming is such a soothing practice. It's also, if you think of vibration, it's really about putting your vibration around you in your aura or surrounding you so just visualize that sound current enveloping you and you can hum what we're humming or create your own sound just hum along mm. Mm -hmm. 
Sounds like a sad symphony. <laughs> hmm. Maybe I feel uh, actually a lot of comfort with these uh, tones. With the, like, maybe they sound sad, but they feel very comforting also. Yeah. For me, I agree. Thank you for this um, experience of sound and of uh, one's own sound already. Um, so I like to start with questions in the beginning that are like super difficult to answer and very vast, just to challenge you. <laughs> no, just <kidding>. Awesome. <laughs> Pressure. Um, I don't know, maybe just, you know, whatever comes first in right in this moment that we just come out of the humming. What is sound for you? What is sound to you? Mm. Sound is, I'm going to start with very cheesy answer. It's everything, but it is everything. It is what creates. It is like what gives life to things. It's, it's vibration in its purest form. Uh, it's subtle, a subtle form of thing that we can create with. Because if you think of all other types of creation, it's so much more material. Sound is more etherical. So it's, yeah, it's like that in-between thing that has that subtle energy, but it's still material enough for us, for us to feel and uh, experience in a 3D level in our bodies, really. So I really feel like sound is so much more than just, it, it is the joy, it brings, it can create a mood, but it's so much more than that. It can really touch us in a physical level as well. Hmm. Yes. Well, I'm <laughs> having like 15,000 thoughts um, <laughs> about this is, uh so inspiring with um okay let's continue with uh, what this podcast is about <laughs> which is uh how do we create peace in a way that 
uh, begins in our bodies but doesn't end there and it's about also peace as a creative process um, so it um, ties back into what you said that sound sound creates so I'd love to explore a little bit with you how um, what are some uh, very practical things how sound can help us understand better and also uh, actually create better um, our lives and our communities in peace um, but also of course the like wider concepts and wider theories <laughs> around mm -hmm. that so um, how do you yeah so maybe what's uh, what's your personal practice with um, sound is there something that you do every day to connect with this power of uh, creating yes multiple practices because as you know I'm a singer as well I create music so part of my practice is you can see right here people who watch won't see but I have my shooting box one of my practices right in the morning is doing some lower toning and some chanting with the shooting box and with the shooting box it's kind of like a harmonium you're pumping the sound so it's kind of like you're pumping your heart and I do multiple tones but the one that I play the most is uh the F, the mass sound, which is the sound of a heart. So it's kind of like toning the heart as I'm chanting Ma. Um, and it's so heart opening and soothing at the same time. You get used to feel good in having your heart open, which is something that if people kept her, their hearts open for longer, we would have more peace, like coming back to the, um, to the team of the podcast. And this is a practice that I love doing, I do every day. Uh, I really get into that trance state once I get a little bit into the mantra. And uh, I feel like everyone can do this with or without other sounds, with a mantra to follow or not. Um, just really being immersed in your sound is a practice of, in a microcosm, creating like changing and creating your environment around you because you are if you picture this everything is intention if you're picturing that you are putting that high energy all around you you are creating that microcosm around you and everyone that you get in touch with will get that benefit of that energy as well so uh, you can put people that you love in your uh, sound current as well you can bring uh, the world into your sound current once you are feeling full as well. Uh, so yeah, this is one practice. And of course, the humming that we did as well. And there's so many other uh, things that we can talk about. <laughs> I really like this idea of uh, putting sound around us as like a field that we can encompass other people or just space in. It sounds uh, very etherical and very practical at the same time. Um, and especially with the ma sound, I just, uh, last week I was teaching a Kundalini class for the first time in like forever in person. And we did this one meditation where, you know, where you have your, uh, one of your hands shaped like as a little cup and one ear yeah. and everybody is chanting just ma all the time. And it ends up to be this choir, this whole collective sound field of mass, but then you also hear your own sound. So intensively because you you have your hand on your ear and just where you were speaking I felt like the effect that it had on my body again it was so immediate uh, into this 
heart frequency. Yeah, because you have that imprinted in you. You put that frequency on you. So every time that you want to access it, it's just a memory. You can really go back there. Mm. Yeah, I love the thought of um, having this sound, but also really any sounds as something that's part of our natural human superpower. Um, yeah. <laughs> so um, what I wonder is, what's your perspective on how um, how we maybe sometimes forgot this superpower or how to use it or how we have, um, well, it's not easy to access it again. Part of us forgetting the superpower is shame as you've been talking about in other episodes as well a lot of people are ashamed of their voice or were told that they didn't sound good or they shouldn't sing or they listen to their voice and they feel like oh this is not my voice i don't want to hear my voice and the power is in listening your voice and loving that sound so we need to move past that even if you feel like oh but i don't like my voice This is a construct that you created for a long time, but the more you listen to it, the more you start accepting it and the more you start just accepting it, you start loving it as well. And everyone's voice is beautiful and perfect for you because all creation is perfect. So even if you don't like, and you might say, oh, you're just saying this to make me feel better. No, it might be that maybe you there's something in your voice that's sounding off and it's just a misalignment because a lot of people constrict their voice or they, they have their throat like tight um, and it can be for trauma, it can be uh, for other reasons as well. Uh, but the more you use it, the more you can start finding how to unlock those things and where are those, what are those things that are um, making me feel like I can't speak or I can't sing or I can't, uh, yeah, create with my voice in the world. Mm -hmm. So what's something you would maybe do with somebody that you're uh, working with who uh, feels that way? Like, uh, I don't know, I don't really dare to use my voice to mm -hmm. sing out loud. It sounds weird. What's something like you could give me that I can start with to try well, to fall in love with my sound <laughs> again i'll tell you some things that i did uh with clients before already uh actually i have a client that was really like no i can't sing I don't, i'm not a good singer but still she does hum for her kid so uh humming is something that it's kind of like natural in instinct it's like It's suiting for us, but it's also suiting for a kid, for example. So starting with humming, uh, it's the easiest way to do this because you don't even have to open your mouth to do this. So it's so like a soft, gentle way to get into it. And uh, in a session, for example, something that I would do would be like voice plays where we are exploring a little bit more of the voice. But I really encourage people to not try to be pretty at first because when we try to sing like a singer would there's so many techniques that are not necessarily even needed uh and that we it's what we think uh singing should sound like and really just starting with yelling and opening your mouth and opening your throat and letting the sounds that are 
stuck in you first is the first step to get into the more pretty so uh, sounds. It's just like when we start journaling, the first few things are not poetry or beautiful uh, words. You first need to dish the trash, right? Put everything that is heavy on the page. And then you start getting those beautiful, beautiful insights and um, ecstatic writing and so on. So it's the same thing. We can't start singing expecting that we're going to sound like a professional singer. And that's not even the goal. The goal is expression. So starting with just pure raw sounds and then we get into what we're listening and channeling that. Mm. Yeah, not to sound pretty, I think is a good, it's on the one hand a good advice, but also it's really hard because like you said, everything that we like are taught is good singing, uh, sounds a certain way or yeah. Um, but then on the other hand, I find it so interesting that these, like whenever I talk to somebody who's like, professional singer or you know whatever that is but <laughs> who does like a lot of singing professionally um sometimes they say they really had to um learn again or teach themselves even how to um how to naturally sing or how to use their voice in a way that's not only technique anymore because um sometimes when a lot of certain techniques are used that the more you sing that way the more actually you can get like physically uh some things are not working so good anymore with your vocal cords and everything uh and also like famous singers that you hear like oh they had to have an operation you know for whatever reason but it's so interesting to me that uh um singing is not technique but only but also technique or like from my point of view probably a more embodied technique in a way to understand your holistic anatomy of what singing does and how you can access that power in you yeah you can use your your throat is a muscle multiple muscles actually uh, and we can shape it in different ways to create different sounds of course Uh, and I even feel that sometimes the sounds that we get into so-called singing techniques are not even the most beautiful. Like if you listen to a mantra singer, for example, like Guruja's singing, her technique is mantra technique. It's not singing technique. Although, of course, she is singing Uh, she sings with an open throat, very relaxed. She could be singing that for minutes and minutes straight, and she does, uh, without hurting herself. And that's something that I took a lot from Kundalini Yoga as well, learning how to sing mantras, because we do chant for an hours sometimes, and it's just pure joy and ecstasy you don't have to feel like oh it's hurting my throat or whatever um if you're doing properly and taking that into singing as well because the soothing energy that we get into chanting mantra can be translated to music as well if we do it uh with that projection with that energy choosing how you want it to be uh translated through your chakras and received for others and so on uh 
so though I do use some techniques sometimes when I want that kind of sound or whatever, I try to stay on my natural sound and what feels right. And I noticed I, since I started recording songs, I noticed the huge difference between the way I felt in the beginning, like I was recording one take and my throat was dry. And now introducing those techniques that I can keep singing and I'm good. And same thing with the warm-ups. If I do these chanting mantras, lower toning, which is using my natural voice, uh, I can do it for a long time. If I do scales and all those techniques that usually are taught for singers, I get tired right in the beginning. So there's something there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I also remember some longer <laughs> mantra meditations where we were singing along with like a certain track and kind of... Uh, the way I was singing, I really noticed how I was contracting like my throat because it was like either too high or too low for me in the way that I thought I had to sing that it fits to the music. And it was like immediately there was like no effect of me singing this mantra or um, having this sound. Yeah. Yeah, that's a problem with singing with a track because if it's not in a tone that it's natural for you, it probably will have that. But if you can find your tone, then it's just suiting. So one thing that I do sometimes when I'm doing this and the song is not in my tone is I try to find a harmony that is in my tone that I can sing to. And it feels really good to do this. So uh, I know that not everyone knows how to find harmonies, but think of what sounds good with that tone. Usually you can find like something like going up and down like, ah, okay, I find some tone in between that works and go with that. Yeah, that's the good thing about doing online classes. You can widely experiment with your sound without yeah. anybody else in the class hearing you unless you're the teacher. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, so... I think uh, I would go, I would like to go a bit more into, uh, we've already touched on it, but the the theme of like shame and its connect connection to voice, because I think it's so rich and there's so much there. And then particularly this in relationship to uh, healing uh, or like healing oneself, whether it's like physical or it's always on all levels in the way. Um, and I find this topic so interesting because, you know, I thought for years, like, uh, I don't have any shame. Like, everybody's talking about shame. I don't feel like this is a big problem for me. And then, I don't know, like, I was reading Brené Brown and she was, like, talking about how she researched shame so much. And I was reading these lines. I was like, mm, okay, that's so interesting. Like, I don't have a problem with shame. <laughs> uh, and... You know, there's, it's not a, I don't know, but it maybe came along with me um, using my voice more with like all the Kundalini practices that I actually um, became more sensitive. Uh, and at some point I really realized that I have a lot of shame, especially, um, especially in connection to my healing or my, my, uh, 
you know, disease or sickness or whatever. So for me, it's really interesting since I work with people who are also on the healing journey. What's your, maybe also your own experience with um, using voice? What happens when you just start using voice, maybe in relationship to shame, but also maybe in general at first? Yeah. Well, so many things. Uh, of course, there are some things that are specific to me. Uh, and I want to touch on what's for everyone as well, but, uh, sound was part of my identity. Singing was part of my identity for a long time. And, uh, even I was just talking with a friend, uh, the other day and he told me that he remembers me singing my whole life and yeah. And then I have another friend that just discovered that I sing now because she met me after I stopped singing for quite a long time. And that was after my accident uh, because I didn't have breath enough. I couldn't like sing the way I used to sing uh, and I couldn't play instruments and so on. So uh, I stopped it for that. And actually it was Kundalini Yoga that brought me back because I was chanting. And since I started getting my breath back and so on, I felt, oh, maybe I can start singing again. And that was like coming back to myself. Uh, and although I know that not everyone has this relationship with sound and singing, coming back to your sound is coming back to yourself. And it, the sound of your voice is the sound of your soul. It's really having that, that sacred part of you bounced back to you. And at first it can sound really weird, especially when you are disconnected from it for so long. Um, and everyone experienced this of listening to yourself in your head and as you're speaking, and when you listen to a recording, it doesn't sound like your voice. That's normal because when you listen to yourself talking, that it's you're not just listening your voice outside, you're also listening to all the movements that are happening within your bones in your uh, head and in your ears and so on. It's a different experience, but still you're listening to your voice. People who listen to your recording are going to experience the same thing because they're not listening inside your head. So it's when you're listening to a recording of you, you're basically experiencing yourself bouncing back to you, like looking at yourself in the mirror. The image that you get on the mirror, it's not you, it's you turn it backwards, basically, right? Um, same thing. It's still you, but... It sounds different. So um, getting into that, recording even yourself in your phone, just to get to know you, know your voice uh, a little bit, it's a healing practice. And sound is healing on your, itself. It can create different emotions. It can help you go through some certain emotions and transmute certain things that you have within you. Sometimes you listen to a song and you start crying and you don't even know why you're crying or you know sometimes depending on the lyrics, but sometimes it's just the mood of the song. It's not even that you're going through what is said in the lyrics. It's just that the sound makes you feel something and it's cathartic. It helps you put something that is within you that maybe you haven't had the time to work through and process out uh, and that on itself can be very healing, but using your own sound, it's even more healing because it's yours. It's you 
recreating, reshaping those vibrations within you. And creating sound or even a song for yourself, it's a way to transmute anything that you're going through. So you can even think of something that uh, you would be thinking of or spending time like uh, beating yourself up because you're ashamed of and so on. And instead of going through the thought, turn this into sound and how it would sound like. And let it, again, going back to not having to be pretty, just express that. Just It kind of comes to um, very really embodying that sound, like with uh, how it would sound like. Really letting that go, it's a good way to process without having to put the logic mind into it. Because sometimes the logic mind just creates more of the problem. So if you can just express it, let it move through, to a tantrum if needed, <laughs> uh, it's a way to reconnect as well and start breaking through shame. Hmm. Yeah. Um, long answer, sorry. <laughs> no, I also asked one kind of question. <laughs> um, I was... Um, Yeah, I think, you know, uh, for me, one of the most essential parts of uh, healing or also working with others heal is uh, what's the relationship with my body or with your body, with their body. Um, and it's... Um, What did I want to say? <laughs> It was like right there in front of me and now there's nothing. <laughs> okay. Anyway, so uh, yeah, so the like so important part is like what's the way that I relate with my body? Even if it's, you know, the, the part of my body that is uh, in disease or the part of my body that's hurting, but also the, my body as a whole and it's, you know, so diverse. Some people say like, oh, I feel like I'm one with my body. How do I relate with it do I relate with it at all some people say like oh I feel like my body is like so I don't feel like I'm in my body even or this is like this weird thing I don't identify with it at all so first of all that's super fascinating and then the way I think where sound comes in super interesting and flexible is that it can be super cheesy if you try to describe the relationship you have with your body in words Or when you try to change it in words, like this kind of uh, cliche thing where you're standing in front of the mirror, it's like, I love myself. I love the way my skin looks. You know, it's, <laughs> it can feel super weird. So I think if you go into the nonverbal aspects of using sound in order to transform that relationship that I have with my body, I think it's really beautiful, especially because... Um, As you said before, that when there's maybe something you don't like in your sound, it's just the misalignment. So all the things that I'm kind of ashamed about or my experiences are are possibly like there that I can hear them in my sound, which is why I I don't want to hear them because maybe it reminds me on like a very you know primal level of something that I experienced that was painful or that's still there that I'm going through that's painful. So. Um, and yeah, it's actually, it actually sounds like a very, very gentle, uh, 
and soft path uh, into healing or accompanying the healing journey to uh, explore what sound can do for oneself. Yeah, just like with movement, you can move uh, and dance uh, to something that is discomfort, uncomfortable uh, within you. You can move with sound as well. And a thing that you mentioned with uh, the misalignment with something that it's either in, in your throat or something else that you, you experience. Um, but I feel for what I see with clients and with other people in general as well, usually when there's a block within the throat, it's either things that you haven't said that are stuck and you need to say it, but you feel like you can't say for whatever reason. That's one thing that's more local. It can be a closed heart, which is so many people, like feeling like fear of rejection, fear of exposing uh, the true you and so on, which can reflect in the voice. Or it can be something uh, more in um, blockages around sexuality as well. Uh, a lot of people talk about the relationship between those two um, centers, uh, the sacral center and the, the throat. So it can be that as well. And a lot of people experience um, either sexual trauma or abuse or whatever it is. Uh, it can come up with the voice, but it can also be healed through working with the voice. Um, or any other thing that gets you stuck in lower chakras. Because one of the big things... Uh, when you think of singing beautifully is really bringing the energy up just like we do with Kundalini Yoga. We need to clear the lower center so that we can go to the upper centers. And as we, the voice is not just the throat. We are using our whole instrument, our whole body to produce sound. So if we are stuck in the lower chakras for any reason, that's why in the morning usually our voice is not the best because nobody wakes up in the <laughs> seven heaven right? Uh, everybody wakes up a little bit more earthy. So we need to move that energy and get up to higher centers to be able to sing more beautifully. But we can't do this if we don't start moving, like making the energy flow. So it's really about uh, starting so that you get there. Mm. And also the beautiful thing is you don't even have to know what the problem is or what your problem is. You don't talk about it. You can just uh, explore your voice. And also, I think especially also like voice and connection with movement or whatever is possible. Like you can use voice and movement in so many different ways, even when you're lying in a hospital bed or even when you can't use your voice right now. You, there's always something of your body that's moving. <laughs> um, so even when you can't move like the insides of your body are moving. So I think it's very, very um, posit body positive. <laughs> um, there are yeah. certain sounds that are related to certain chakras, for example, but I find it, you can do something that it's even more simple, like just go up and down uh, in your humming, like, mm, and feel where it's, it's feel in your body where that sound feels like so if you have for example 
uh, a pain in your belly. Go through that sound until you feel that sound in your belly and keep humming that sound until you feel that pain dissipate. Go, go in a very simple thing with sound and uh, healing and the body. Uh, you can try that and see how it works uh, to have a real experience of the effects of it. And thinking of emotion, you can also think, like I said, if I, ha I have this pain or this trauma, how does this sound like? And it doesn't have to be in words. It can be just sounds, just start humming or making sounds, yelling. Let it flow to you for 10, 20 minutes and see how it sounds. That on itself is a good practice. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, um, uh, my mind is going right now from the like the personal to the interpersonal thing with sound, um, because of uh, you know there's this teaching that the relationship between people you can hear it in in the sound between them or the way that they talk with each other it has like a certain sound core and I find this so interesting in terms of thinking of peace and conflict because. Basically, you could totally research <laughs> what's going on in the world and understand everybody around you just if you train your subtle intelligence to listen better to the way that uh, what happens in the sound between people or what happens in the sound uh, of like uh, media reporting or whatever. Uh, so it's like uh, you, you could totally create like a... Um, map that shows the level of peace or conflict in the world in a um, way that's just an analysis of the different sounds and which frequencies they are in um, to get away from like the what does it look like or whatever I think this would be such a uh, very 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 useful add-on to conflict analysis <laughs> yeah so practical what you can then do about it you know It's interesting that you mentioned this. Uh, Hazrat uh, Inayat Khan, uh, he's a Sufi teacher and musician. Um, he talks, uh, he says that you can know if someone is a friend or not just by the sound of their voice talking to you, kind of like what you just said. Um, and it's true, we, we can communicate different things uh, through our voice, uh, even if you, sometimes people might, say something trying to sound positive but the voice is communicating the opposite or the opposite as well it can be something that uh sounds uh bad but the voice is not sounding that bad so you think like there's something that's yeah it's not completely aligning there's a misalignment between the sound and the and the speech uh now on getting on stopping conflict through sound. Um, there's something that I noticed that happens every time that we do singing circles or any type of uh, gathering where you sing together or you have sound together. Um, of course, not every song, not every sound, but uh, usually singing circles or any gathering where you're chanting or whatever it is. Everybody that is in that space 
gets in the same frequency and everybody feels like one. And you feel like everything is peaceful, everyone in there is your friend, family, sister, brother, whatever it is. You really feel like you trust everyone in that group, right? Uh, and for anyone who haven't experienced that, I highly recommend. <laughs> But there's something about that because it's not just the expression, it's not just uh, the joy, but experiencing that vibration together it's what creates a field. We're not seeing, but it's creating a field interconnecting everyone in that space. Um, and I really feel like the more people do this, the more in our tiny uh, communities and our tiny... Um, Yeah, little groups, we are emanating more of that energy. One person chanting does have a lot of effect. One person singing does have a lot of effect uh, in raising the vibration of the world. But when we gather together, that energy is multiplied. It's expanded, uh, expanding. So I feel like this is a something that if you think of world peace, more people singing together makes a huge difference mm -hmm. yeah I've also read this in uh, Rasma Menachem's book My Grandmother's Hands where in his like um, in instructions on how to create um, anti-racist new culture uh, from a somatic perspective he also says like whenever you start a workshop or whenever you start a conference wherever there is something where people gather that he suggests like Uh, humming is a super good practice, not even trying to achieve something just because it attunes everybody's nervous systems to each other and creates this like collective field. Um, and I think it's so powerful. Um, and, and at the same time, you know, <laughs> I'm, I think we're moving out of this already a little bit and it depends on who you're thinking about or working with, but some people are still like, like, <laughs> why would we do this or this doesn't really make sense and I'm just happy that I see more and more places and people um, practicing this because I can uh, I can really feel the effect of this um, yeah and and talking about peace and conflict just the when we maybe when we start we don't really sound harmonious together when we hum or when we sing but then the more we just go along the more it will find a way that these uh, different frequencies do find harmony and harmony i like it because this concept is such a musical concept but it's also such a like emotional concept i i feel like i need harmony or i want more harmony in the teamwork we're doing or in whatever so this is um so uh beautiful also to take into new spaces um Yeah, that, uh, are maybe not so alternative. <laughs> and to speak for uh, the humming thing, I do this with all my uh, my my clients and all the group things, the the humming too. And even some people sometimes might feel like, oh, "This is weird. Why we're doing this?" I always ask, "How are you feeling after?" And everyone feels better, feels more grounded, more calm. So. 
even if it sounds like this is weird, why would you do this? It's the experience that gets people. And one thing that I love about humming specifically is that, of course, chanting is very powerful and so on. But chanting or prayer, whatever it is, people have their own concepts around it. And some people might have like, uh, I don't know, is this allowed in my culture? Or uh, I don't know what I'm saying. This is weird, whatever it is. The mind can get in the way, but humming is pure. There's nothing that you can think like, oh, will this uh, injure me <laughs> because I'm humming? No, that's natural. Just do it, right? So it's a common ground, a peaceful ground. Yeah, that's true. Especially for a transcultural peace practice. It's good to... Yeah, that's a good aspect, yes. Um, and also something about sound that I find very interesting is that it's powerful and it depends on how we use it. It can go either way. So on the other hand, we've, like, we've talked a lot about the positive effects of sound, but I also think like it's uh, intentionally used. Um, like uh, the most practical example being like like as a way of torture when you play somebody who's yeah. sitting in a cell, a super annoying high-pitched sound 24-7, that's uh, fucking sound torture. <laughs> um, and it's an example of how receptive we are, uh, whether we sometimes notice it or in that case, definitely would notice it, um, what sound does to us. Um, and I think so the, as we've coined it, superpower to really reclaim that is also a way to be more... Um, like equipped as a person who really cares for the world and wants to build more peace to not let other sounds that are more like these conflictual uh, ways that somehow reach us, uh, that we build like a protection shield of sound around us so that it doesn't reach us so uh, unconsciously anymore. Like the, the more subtle ones, of course, not the... Uh, Good point. Uh, dissonant sounds usually have that effect high pitch sounds as well um also sub uh harmonic sounds especially when not like when they're rubbing each other can be very uncomfortable um there are some studies like in some places that are considering haunting haunted um where of course there might be places where it's actually haunted but some places it's actually a sub frequency that feels so uncomfortable you feel like you're being watched or something like that and it's those frequencies that we can't hear but they're still there and they're still affecting us in a very low level so there's that as well uh just like the high pitch things um also um uh, but we think of uh tone if you think of tone uh even the sirens They're meant to have that sound that isn't pleasant so that people pay attention. So yes, and this, this is intentional. In this case, for a good thing. Uh, but even if you think like horror movies, if you watch horror movies without the, the music, it, it's not scary at all. It's the music that's making you feel uncomfortable. So there, there are some disharmonious sounds in there that are made for you to feel a certain way. Uh, but even 
going beyond harmony uh, and tone and so on. Uh, other things that affect us is rhythm. And uh, in rhythm, it's not just um, it's not just the beat of a song, but also the way we speak, for example. So uh, you mentioned the news, for example. Uh, the rhythm within with, with which they share their news and they speak their news can create some anxiety often. And I don't think it's like just um, coincidence, uh, at least for what. I studied journalism uh, in my late years and... One of the things that we learn is that you want people to feel anxious with the news because then they buy more with the propaganda that comes after. So knowing that it's not really a good thing <laughs> when you have these very fast things and uh, very few information and just um, a lot of anxious things. And then you end with... A beautiful story just to make people keep coming back but that I'm going on sideways um, but yeah rhythm uh, when you have a rhythm that is uh, continuous and there's there's a, a pace that our hearts feel like okay with the rhythm and so on it makes us feel better if it's a rhythm that is how can I say this um, either too fast or too slow or it's not steady uh, in a way that it creates disruption. It's another thing that can create more anxiety and um, disharmony in the body as well. So yeah, paying attention to how you feel with sounds. Our bodies are smart. We can pay attention to how something makes you feel and also even not just the beat, like how the way someone is delivering that speech, that rhythm, because we have rhythm in the speech as well. If you look up for uh, metrics in poetry, there's a rhythm in there. Sometimes there's there are rhythms that are not uh, sounding pleasant. So paying attention to those, how you feel with each which thing, you can know what is doing you good and what's doing you harm. Hmm. Yeah, when you were bringing in the rhythm, I was like, I immediately had like an image of like the sounds of war or of fighting where you have like gunshots or bombs or something that's totally creating also this uh, rhythm or this way that also the body perceives it as a rhythm that's uh, like super throwing off. Uh, balance so what would you say maybe when when I start to become more aware when I'm uh, hearing and perceiving sounds rhythms harmonies tones and I'm realizing uh, that something that doesn't feel good to me in whatever way what's something I can do maybe if I can't leave that environment immediately or uh, maybe what I can do later something like in the moment or later to, to get that unpleasant physical experience of this sound out again. Yeah, you can, first of all, very simple, put your own sound into it. So a hum, if possible. Uh, 
another thing that I feel that really helps me sometimes it's if you can't hum is creating your own rhythm like tapping the chest in a rhythm that feels uh, comfortable to you if you can't tap the chest because there are people around just beat your feet or beat on your leg create that rhythm and get into that rhythm so that you can get uh, out of the external sound and get into your own uh, that's one thing that you can do focus can change a lot on itself so if you just focus on something that is more grounding and more pleasant for you instead of the thing that is unpleasant uh, you can make the change right there um, and what was the other thing that I was thinking um, oh my god I just got blank but anyway um, with when you when you notice that something it's unpleasant you can also ask if it's unpleasant because it is making your harm or if it's triggering something new because sometimes even like uh healing tones might make people feel uncomfortable because it's moving something that has been stuck there for a long time so it's good to first ask is it really just something unpleasant or I just don't want to hear this because it's shaking a part of me that is crystallized mm. yeah that's a good point for, for example with the gong or something like that the, I've had uh, so many different experiences when I played like the gong and somebody was like what is this sound this is horrible this doesn't sound relaxing at all and somebody was like oh, I love this I was in the deepest relaxation I've ever had so it's a um because it's a very pure sound but it moves a lot I think it's like the sound that moves the most maybe it's some external sound that you can have um yeah so that to, to have this question in mind is it something moving in me that's uncomfortable or is it really uh, in and of itself uncomfortable and the um what you suggested with the create your own sound and own rhythm in a moment where you can't escape the sound came to my head how like children hold hold their ears closed when when like the parents are fighting or like this image came to my head that's something we used to naturally do so we hear only and then maybe you close your ears and you also start to hum something so all you yeah. hear is like, the vibration of your own voice uh, reverberating within your skull uh, it's so cool to rediscover everything that we are like that our bodies once knew <laughs> that's a great do. example how to yeah. deal with that yeah kids are everyone as kid uh when we are a kid we have this internal knowledge uh this is a great example the taurine tantrums in a, is another great example of just shaking the energy that it's bothering you in there and so on if we can only look like how we used to do these things that are not socially acceptable and incorporate in a way that it doesn't mean that you have to throw a tantrum or on the supermarket, for example, of course not, <laughs> but you can bring those things. Like one of the practices that I have, uh, which is with sound because I use a song for this, but um, it's not me singing. It's really, it looks like I'm throwing a tantrum. I just shake, 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 shake quite a lot until I, 
can I hear like a buzz in my ears, not even the song anymore. And then I just relax and it feels so good. And I know that I have my clear my field clear. And since I started doing this, I stopped getting so anxious sometimes because it was just too much too much stuck energy. Hmm. Have you ever had the experience with someone or maybe also yourself that when um, they were um, in an experience with their voice, with sound, something that's were moving a lot of things that it was like too much or when they noticed like I can't go any further or I need to leave this or I need to stop this practice? Like, or did it never happen because you already know how not to hold the, hold the space but like what's your recommendation for working with something that's so powerful as sound with people that are maybe like holding a lot of things that might be shaken up and moved yeah with, with sound you mean um, yes yeah never that they had to stop uh a lot of crying yes <laughs> but that's just uh energy moved and it needs to move And in my experience, when we work with our own sound, uh, of course, when you're working with external sounds, like the gong, for example, and so on, some people can feel like uh, experience a really discomfort that they're like, no, I can't stay on this. I need to get out and so on. I don't feel the same thing when it's your own sound. Uh, even though it moves a lot, your sound is gentle enough with yourself. It only will move just enough uh, that you can take. It's not gonna be like that invasive thing. It's uh, all working within yourself. And of course, if anyone needs to stop, wipe the tears and so on. You can always stop, chat a little bit. Um, but no, every time I feel like it's a catharsis, it's an ecstatic experience. It's a lot of tears but a lot of joy as well sometimes a lot of laughter depending on what comes um but never unpleasant it's always uh gentle enough mm. yeah which speaks again to that uh, the intelligence that our own bodies have to exactly regulate how much is uh, enough or too much when or to yeah so beautiful to remember that always Just listening to the silence. Listening <laughs> yeah. mm. to the silence uh, reminds me of the sound of the breath as well. That's another thing. When you mentioned that practice of covering your ear, yes, we hear ourselves better, but also you hear that uh, kind of sound of the ocean within your head, which is the blood running, which is a very pleasant sound as well. Uh, and even just listening to your breath, like when you do Ujjayi breath, where you can really listen to the breath behind your throat and so on. Those are very natural, pleasant sounds for anyone who's like, no, not even humming, it's not ready for it. You can start with the sound of the breath, the sound of your blood running. And yeah, once you feel good with that, get into humming, maybe opening your mouth a little bit. 
mm-hmm. and yeah moving some emotions to some mm. yeah that's a good uh, even before starting to make a sound like another sound to start with the voice which is uh, the breath which is already sound yeah hmm so what is your um mission and vision with sound that you're creating with your work moving on that's a good question like i said sound is the our own sound is our sound the sound of our soul and i feel more and more more called to help other people ignite that sound of their souls and really bring their true expression expression to life and i feel like Everything that I'm doing, I wouldn't be doing if I wasn't guided. So although I am trying to guide people uh, in my work, I'm not guiding like I'm the guide. I'm guiding them to their own guidance, which I feel that can be reached so much if we tap into our own sound and open our hearts because that's where the communication starts. So... Yeah, my mission is to light that light within other people so that we have more people that can guide themselves through this beautiful experience, which is life. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and uh, you know what I also haven't uh, mentioned before, but that... um, I have mentioned it before, but not in our conversation for um, now that you created the intro song to this podcast, which is, I think, a very beautiful um, arm rep closing <laughs> um, for our conversation. So I don't know, maybe um, you want to share a little glimpse of uh, how you created the intro to this podcast song. <laughs> what, oh, uh, what how I created Yeah, something that was uh, how you experienced the creation of music when I told you, like, I want this podcast to be like an embodiment of peace and also in the sound already that begins with. What were your, what was your process to contributing to this frequency? Oh, I love that. Uh, so first of all, it was an honor uh, to create the intro for the podcast. I was so happy when you asked me. And um, when you told me what the, podcast was about was feeling okay I wanted to feel like a circle of people singing like a gathering kind of like you would have like someone uh, playing some tabla and someone singing and other people singing along Um, yeah I wanted it to feel very chill and relaxed and what you would experience uh, singing with other people together so I created that mental image in my mind and I put out some sounds the way I envision it that it could work and I played it put it on loop and started getting into it by the way I did Kundalini Yoga Enchanted before doing this just to get into that energy like we talked here we need to get our up in our chakras to be able to create a better um, energy And then I started getting into the sound that I created first, just listening to it. And when I felt, okay, here, here's what's coming. I haven't planned the melody or anything. I just knew that 
the the mantra that we were singing. So I just started singing it, and whatever came came true. It's really like, in this case, it was a mantra, so I knew what I was thinking. Sometimes it's uh, just channeled things. Uh, so I just got into that sound current and let it flow. And then I did the same thing with uh, the little harmonies and so on. I just listen around uh, what were the sounds. I, I have this very, um, I, I forget the name of it, but anyway, have this uh, ear where I kind of can hear around me what the music wants to be. It's hard to explain, but anyway, I feel like a lot of musicians relate to it. Is uh, I can hear the sound and I just let the, those sounds that I'm hearing move through the song. And I did this a couple of times to create the song. So beautiful. Thank you again so much. I am honored that um, there's your music creation, your voice um, as the intro music for this podcast. Um, Yeah, is there, yeah, um, how can people work with you if they want to go deeper into the experience of the power of their own voice? Good question. So I actually open different um, sessions now. One is uh, a sound catharsis, which is for anyone who wants to release something. It can be uh, something that they experienced. It can be uh, a message that they have, whatever it is, you just need to Uh, move the sound through we have um, this is for non-singers you don't have to be a singer to do this um, we can just do the, ex the experience and for anyone who wants to go a little bit deeper with that um, we can work on creating a song together but that release session is the beginning for everything and for people who are already more creative and maybe experiencing some creative blocks and so on Uh, I created a, uh, cre a creative process session, which is all about unblocking those uh, creative blocks that we have when we might even have uh, a spiritual side, but um, have a tough time connecting that with the process of creating something. So uh, I help you connect the, the dots. And of course, I still work with astrology as well sometimes we need to understand our energy before we use that so that's a possibility as well and there's the hotline sisterhood which comes once a year uh for now it might become uh, an ongoing thing in the future uh where we do work with a lot of sound as well but also a lot of writing a lot of uh dancing uh to really get into that uh co-creative co uh mode and expand that energy to the world hmm, so much potential for transformation <laughs> sounds lovely i haven't heard about the creative um, unblocking sessions yet that sounds amazing As yeah well. <laughs> it's it's ready to go not uh shared yet you heard first ah, oh wow <laughs> yeah cool I can hear like the sounds of like creative blocks popping off, like disappearing here, <laughs> disappearing and <laughs> un blocking and plopping. Um, yeah, yeah. The, yeah, those are I I created thinking of 
artists, but it doesn't have to be only artists. Anyone that, who's creating something goes to creative blocks. So that's where it is. Yeah, I think that's also like the... Uh, the overall message to take away is you don't have to be a singer or a musician to use sound to create peace because your everyday sound and the way that you're using your own sound and aware of the sound around you that's how we create peace together I think it's yeah that's a good message <laughs> yeah and the more we feel good with ourselves and we love ourselves the less we have the need to create conflict with others mm. so There's a powerful thing in there as well. Yeah. Anything else you want to share? You want people to know? Just know that your sound is perfect. That you are perfect. That you are loved. That you are created exactly the way you are supposed to be. And any obstacles, struggles that come in your way are just there to make your life even more joyful once you overcome them. So being grateful for each step on the way. I really feel like um, the times where I, I, I just said this to a friend the other day, the times where I, I had the most, uh, was the most sure Uh, assured that I knew everything and I thought the world was exactly what I thought it was, was the times where I felt mo the most bored and falling and having to get back up again. And even though it hurts and it's painful when you cry and sometimes you want to close up and not open up again ever Uh, but then you do and you see a better light in the end of the tunnel and so on. All of those things makes our life more worth living and gives us more things to be grateful for. So even if you're going through difficult things and it doesn't feel pleasant or peaceful around you, just think of how much contrast you have to make it even better from here. And you can always put a different soundtrack on the experience yes. you're having. <laughs> Pick the soundtrack for your life. Yeah. yeah, such an old school cliche saying, but it's so true. It's so true, actually. Yeah. Picking a different song can change everything. Mm. Well, thank you so much for this. Yes. Can I add one thing to this? Of course. Of course. Speaking of vibration and how uh, a sound affects us, sometimes those happy, 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 happy songs are not the thing that we need when we are low. So sometimes what you need is something that is intermediary, not something that will keep you down, but will help you transmute that energy into something better. So finding those sounds, those songs that maybe start low and start a little bit more dark, but get clear towards the end might help you a lot. Hmm. That's a good music tip. <laughs> and then when you get to the more higher ones, I highly recommend to 
listen to a nice music. I have <laughs> some that start dark as well. Okay, you have some that start. For me, they are all very pure, even when they start dark. Or it depends on your definition. Oh. You have a, a wide range, of course. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I have the link to your uh, Spotify account and website and everything in the show notes. So um, go ahead and listen to that some more. Um, and then... I don't even want to close the sound field created <laughs> together. It feels so good <laughs> to bathe oh. in the conversation. Um, so yeah, just thank you so much for sharing your rich experience of the sound and voice and peace and the body with us. Thank you for having me. This was just a, a joy. <laughs> yeah, then see you in the next sound bubble we create together <laughs> bye ladies bye you are listening to peace for everybody a podcast with franca and friends where we co-create a culture of peace that begins in our bodies if it resonates please subscribe review and share this podcast with your friends you can connect with me through my website francarauch.com Let's be at peace and on fire today.